Welcome back to the Lenders Playbook Podcast, Episode 4. Today's guest is Mark Cassidy from Service First. Mark Cassidy has over 35 years of experience in the real estate valuation business as a general licensed appraiser, an appraisal company owner, and as an appraisal management company executive. Mark has a bachelor's degree in management and economics from the University of Illinois. Today's one of those shows that you need to dial into. We talk a lot more about just how to analyze a property. We go deep. So stay tuned and let's bring them in. Mark Cassidy. Mark Cassidy, how you doing? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Um, excellent. I'm better now that I'm talking with you. Welcome, by the way, to the Lenders Playbook Podcast. Thank you. This is exciting. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff about, about you and business. And, uh, but before we get into all those juicy details, I would love to find out a little bit more about yourself. What do you, what does Mark Cassidy, uh, like to do when you're not working? What are some of those things outside of work that kind of gives you, uh, energy and joy and, uh, you know, gives you life? I think you hit the nail on the head. That's why I do these things. But uh, I enjoy things like photography, uh, shooting sports, fly fishing, guitar playing. You know, like a lot of things, but I'm always curious about how things work. And those hobbies allow me to kind of relax and mentally get away from a busy work schedule. I find it really refreshing. That's fantastic. I remember talking with you about the shooting. That's, that is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, tell me more about that. That's something that I... Really, that that interests me more than anything. I think there's something in in our DNA that just makes me want to, that just you know gets the blood going uh, boiling a little bit on that. I love it. It also brings you back to your 12 year old inner self. There's something about shooting a high power rifle yep. and and a hole hit a bullseye at 600 yards. <laughs> I love it. Going on on a beautiful day when I'm just sitting there looking through that scope and just looking at that little dot. And, and sometimes it's a very humbling day. Other times I'll hit it a few times and think that I just conquered the world, Matt. Right. What do you, um, what kind of guns do you like to shoot? Uh, it, well, it's, it varies. So we do some trap shooting. We shoot shotguns at uh, clay pigeons. We enjoy that a lot. And then I shoot some uh, long range rifles. They're all custom built precision rifles. And I'll be honest with you. I bring my uh, son and my grandsons with. And there's days I don't shoot at all. Just watching them have fun and being together as a family is just everything to me. I'm just I, I'm smiling the whole time I'm out there. Yeah, that's that's so good. That's so awesome. But so you're from. So tell us where you live and t- tell us real quick about that. And and uh, where are you I from? Mark? In, yeah, I live in Illinois. We're west of Chicago, about fifty miles, or kind of commuter lines. Okay. And it's. Almost country living. The corn starts growing about mm, probably another five or ten miles further west of where we live, and that's kind of one of our places that we enjoy. We we've moved into town from living out in the country before, and I, I love that uh, Midwest agricultural life. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I drive out to my sporting club, it's nothing but farm fields, and to see them, you know, putting crops in and taking crops out and and tilling and doing all the different things. It's a whole cycle of life that goes the farm communities. And I, I really like the values and, and I just like the atmosphere out there. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. I bet it's, I mean, I'm from Hawaii, as we know, as you know, we've talked about this and I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm, I'm actually um, born in Minnesota. So 
every time I hear about the you know the the lifestyle and the culture of the Midwest, it kind of just pulls part of me wanting to. I don't know why I, I want to be in the cold. I want to I want to look outside my window and see it snowing. And you know, I mean, right now I look outside and it's like seventy five, eighty degrees, and and not a cloud in the sky. So I guess I have nothing to complain about. But I mean. It's just that lifestyle that I love, and um, and I think it's I think it's great. Um, it's a hearty lifestyle, man. I uh, yes. I, you know, when we get out like that out in the cold. We've got eight to ten inches of snow for for tonight. And you're talking about seventy and eighty degrees. I'm sitting here shaking my. <laughs> but, but something about you know that that type of uh, it brings you back to basics. I guess survival. Yeah, I really. I was I was born and raised uh, in Chicago till I was about twelve years old. So I was really very much a city kid and didn't understand, you know, just kind of country life and, and more rural life. And and the more time I spend out this way, the more I really enjoy that. And uh, I, I I tell people one of my goals in life is to be for urban redneck. I don't know if I'll ever hit that stature where I can really get out in the country. Enjoy it, yeah, but, that's. Uh, <laughs> That's great. That's great. So tell me, okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. So so um I want to share with everybody who you are and what you do and and uh who you help and so forth. So tell me your origin story. So you were service first. Tell me a little bit about your backstory um and and you know how you got started with um with service first. I was um I I had a my company became a consulting company. I started working with several appraisal management companies, mid-sized companies, and uh, working, you know, uh, 10 hours here, 10 hours a week there for these different groups. And service for the groups I was consulting with. It was, a, it was over 10 years now. And my area concentration uh, was regulatory compliance, quality control, uh, valuation product development. And over time, I just really enjoyed working with service first team. Uh, and they became my main business focus as time went on. They had more and more needs. And had me do more things. So becoming part of that organization as, as an employee was an obvious good move. And my title is the chief valuation officer. And that allows me to use my background for client and company needs. And I, I really enjoy having those responsibilities. Fantastic. So, okay. So for those, for those listeners that don't know um, what or who service first is. So, you know, let's say I'm a, you know, so most of our listeners are, are private lenders, they're real estate, you know, investors, uh, there's people that are broker, there's entrepreneurs, there's all kinds of different people that that we work with. So if you can kind of give us a, a snapshot of what is, you know, who is Service First and what do you do, who do you serve, um, I think that would certainly shed some light on, on this and we'll take it from there. I'll, I'll try and concentrate my answer a little bit because when you say who are we, there, there's a lot to uh, a lot for me to say. But uh, we're a national appraisal management company. Given us, a, we we work in all all states. We're licensed in all fifty states. And over the years, we formed strong appraiser panels. Uh, we we've really worked on the relationship we have with appraisers. Kind of a, one of our mantras is, you know, the best appraisers want to work in the best environments, and we really want to to have. Uh, a good relationship, not only with our clients, but with the appraiser panels that we use. So we can leverage those relationships and provide our clients with a high quality valuation in a timely manner. Um, our clients include government entities, lenders, attorneys, trust funds, investors, 
uh, and our specialization is what I would consider kind of a high-touch valuation where there's special requirements, things like fix and flip appraisals. We've got multiple valuations. Uh, commercial appraisals definitely fit into that because you you really need to have an ex- – we need to know what's going on to be able to communicate accurately to appraisers what the client's needs are and what the requirements are for the appraisal. Right. Uh, as you know, commercial types can vary greatly. Uh, even even ownership rights, you know, leasehold rights, those types of things. So it's really important to have a knowledge of what the property is so that we can find the right appraisers and communicate it accurately. Right, right, right. Okay, that's fantastic. That is great. Um, so if I'm a lender, how does your company, or an investor, rather, um, whether I'm a commercial or residential, I mean, how does... How would your company help me? I mean, it sounds it sounds like you're a one stop shop for, and I know the answer. I but I'm just I'm just trying to paint the picture for the listener. Like, how does your company make my business better, if you will, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does make sense, and I'm going to try and keep it down a little bit because I can go on and on. As you know me, man, I can go on and on about things. We're but, good. Yeah, uh, keep keep talking, brother. We're good to go. Yeah. Well, let's points in the interest of time here. Um, we've got a knowledgeable staff, so we can understand what the client's valuation needs are. A lot of times we'll have uh, our clients call us and say, we're not even sure what this is. And as we dig into the property, as we start talking with our panel of appraisers and they start searching to give us a quote, they start uncovering things. We, we want to be the knowledgeable side of that so we can help a lender to understand if there's some type of of, of um, for example, leasehold versus a full uh, ownership of a property, anything that comes up like that, we want to be able to help them to understand what's what, and maybe help them to understand the valuation valuation needs of that type of property. And our, our internal reviewers also help a lot too. So if a client comes and says, "Hey, we need X, Y, Z in every appraisal," we want to make sure those are addressed, pictures, whatever it is. We want to make sure our reviewers are looking over those reports so that every client requirements met, and each appraisal also meets industry standards and regulatory guidelines. And we also have a, that includes our group of MAI designated appraisers who are internal reviewers for the commercial valuations. Uh, we just want to make sure it goes out right and usable for the lender or for the client. Um, and each each of our clients has their own service representative assigned to their account. So they'll be working with somebody they know, and that person's familiar with them and what their needs are. And we answer our phones. That might be one of the most standout That's things to us. You know, beautiful. Times we get busy, but but those phones are answered. And and if you get a machine, somebody's gonna call you back quick. The other way we kind of ensure that too is people. I have a direct line. Our uh, chief operating officer has a direct line. Our, our managers have direct lines. So if somebody need something or, or for whatever reason feels they need to call us, they can call us direct. And, and we like talking to people. Um, we don't ask our clients to enter into contracts with us, any kind of guarantees or anything else. We like it because we can, we feel like we're earning their business with every order that comes through and, and bottom line. And that's something that you and I have communicated a lot. Absolutely. Easy to do business with us. That in a nutshell, we just want to make, I'm sorry. Did you cut out there? 
No, no, that that was believe it or not, Matt. That was the end of the list. Oh, that was it. No, no, it, and and not and definitely to dovetail off of what you just said, I know from firsthand experience how personable you and the staff are at Service First. I mean, you were right. You guys answer the phone. Um, you're very helpful, and in today's world of business with AI and technology and and I don't know what the culture is or but but I feel as if when I call businesses it's nobody's answering the phone nobody's picking up the phone um they're relying on a I don't know on a voicemail system or they're relying on a new fancy schmancy uh, a process that will take you to press one if you want to talk to this person or that and and it just becomes mind numbing for um you know for the end user for every, everyone involved for vendors and and so forth and so the fact that you guys re- answer your phone is such a game changer in today's market and i hope that that if there's any takeaway from other i mean other companies or people that are starting something answer your phone i think it's such a big thing you know in in the the attitude that goes along with it um i'm a very piece of all this you know maybe i'm the technology guy and maybe i'm the one who looks at quality and everything else but it's all about the customer experience and when you're inside the office uh, i'm amazed i can't tell whether our representatives are talking to an appraiser talking to a client everybody gets treated the same and they care and they they all kind of know when there's a big problem going on with a client they all kind of share it they all try and help out um it just it's a remarkable place i, I really and am impressed by the way our operations are put together. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. Well, the value that you provide the private lending community is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm more than excited to share uh, you and your company to the world, uh, not just on this podcast, but at our national conference coming up at the end of February in Fort Lauderdale and, and uh, through online things that we're doing and, and just letting everybody know who you are and what you do. So, Thanks for sharing that. I think I think your value add is really standing above so much, and and, uh, and keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, let me ask you this: you know, as you've been in the you've been in real estate for for thirty thirty five years, is that correct? Or at least in the um, valuations, real estate valuations for about thirty five years. Well, longer than I care to admit, but yes, in excess of thirty five years. Thirty five. So, what challenges? In your career, have you, you know, because we all face challenges and we all hopefully learn from those challenges and problems that come up. But what challenges in your career have you been able to, uh, you know, you don't need to give me a whole list, but like maybe the top one, two or three challenges that you've been able to learn from? You know, the, the one of the biggest challenges for me has been working in a cyclical business that's constantly being impacted by technology. The last 10 years have been remarkable. Uh, the technological advancements, which which are challenging and helpful at the same time. And we work with industry regulators, large investors, including the GSEs, technology providers, to try and recognize the trends. But sometimes it's just difficult to, pre- to predict any kind of strong market segments or opportunities. You always want to position the company strategically you know, the, to where we, we need to go with things. And the one thing I've learned over the years quality stands out in all market conditions and we're committed to, I really, again, I love working for the company because we are, you know, we, we, 
openly committed to high quality appraisal valuations, uh, appraisal services, and also a great experience. And that seems to be the driving force behind us. We always find a niche. Uh, we're a mid-sized company, um, it, and it never fails. Something will fall off on the on the mainstay market. You know, rates will go up, and you know, originations will go down. And lo and behold, somebody will come along and say, "Hey, we need you to do this. We have a special project, or or things happen." And it always sustains us because they know they can trust that we're going to do the job right for them. That is so good. So let me repeat that quote that you just said. And I I probably butchered it, so let me know. Quality stands out in all market conditions. Is that correct? Yes. That, gosh, that's amazing. I love that. I will. St- there's a lot of quotes that in the last few podcasts I've done that I've just loved. This was another one of them. I love that. It's so true. It's so true. I will definitely put that up on our show notes as a as a quote that I I feel can benefit so many because people will um, they'll change their strategy when market conditions change and that's a good thing. But what ends up happening is they forget about quality and and they they forget about how can I serve the my end user? How can I serve my customer with the highest quality possible? And when strategies change, quality degrades a little bit. And so I think that value that you have is is so key. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I think when you're in the middle markets, when you're uh, a large, large company, you outsource, you do a lot of things. You're always looking for process efficiencies. And, and a small cost savings on every order can be huge to your bottom line. We're not we're, we're a mid-tier uh, company. And so for us, the differentiator has to be something other than these large volume um, yes. origination companies that do a great job, but it's a different marketplace for us. So we've, we've learned to go into that high touch, answer the phones, high quality. It's really been our mantra, and it keeps working for us. Um, I always say we're, we're doing a great job in spite of Marcassity being involved. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just... That's great. All right. Here's the next. Sometimes next. It, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. That it just sometimes it's it's just humbling how well work out, man. Yeah, it is. It uh, it's yeah for sure. I hear you on that. Your next question. It's kind of a loaded question, so um, you know you might want to pick it apart a little bit. But what is the best advice, either in business or in life situations that you've ever received? And it doesn't have to be like, okay, this is the final one, but maybe something that comes to mind. Uh, it could be a quote or, a, you know, something that somebody talked with you about a, in a sit down or or something you read out of a book. Early on when I was uh, working with Service First, when I was consulting with him, the founder of the company, his mantra was, we're going to take the high road. And sometimes you gulp with it. And, and, that can mean standing up and just it's straight the way it is. And you're kind of gulping going, oh, boy, you know, it's it's going to really hit the fan now. Yep. But every time that seemed, as we look back at it, we'd say, hey, things worked out. We, we told the truth or whatever the high road was in that circumstance or situation. We just needed to do that. And that really became the company mantra for a long time. Uh, it's just a good reminder to do that, and it's not always the easiest choice. Most of the time, it doesn't seem like the easiest choice. Right. 
Take the high road. I love that. It's, it is the, it might be the easiest thing to talk about, but it's the hardest thing to execute is taking the high road. Right. Uh, you feel my, it, it, when you put that twinge in your gut, you know, it's the right thing to do and you got to trust and do it because, because it's the right thing to do, but it's not the easy thing to do. Yep. Yep, exactly. Some things that come to mind when I hear about taking the high road. I mean, I've I've had people talk, you know, since I launched the American Lending Conference, I've had I've had um d- different narratives out there talking about uh, me in a in a in a light that I'm not too fond of and I've decided to take the high road. I mean, I know what's true and I, and trust me, I've got people that are behind me like yourself and so many others, but um Take, yeah, taking the high road is definitely uh, the the hard thing. Another example, I think, of taking the high road is just doing something hard every day. I mean, it could be just getting out of your comfort zone. It might just be uh, exercising for 30 minutes if you're not used to exercising or if you, making that tough phone call to somebody that you know. You, you have to have a conversation with somebody that you don't feel comfortable doing, but you know it's got to be done. Right. So it's always those tougher things in life that we have to, you know, we got to do. And, uh, you know, we, it's, it's good. So litigious, dude, uh, always want to even or, or feel that, you know, we've been wronged and how are you going to, and sometimes walking away from it's the high road, just let it go. Oh, forget yeah. It and, and it makes it easy. I mean, it, once you do that, guess what? It's not a problem. It's not something you think about all the time anymore. But it's sometimes the toughest choice, you know, to 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 really decide I'm going to do it for that reason. It's the high road. I know it's right. Yep, yep. It's a long. That's a long term thinking versus short term thinking, right? Short term uh, immediate gratification versus that long term play. I I love it, and I and I could talk about this. I'm you're going to get me on a soapbox if we keep going on that. That's great. Okay, so what? Okay, next next couple questions here mark because you've got we've got so much to talk about and um you've shared so much so far but what book or books have made the biggest impact for you in life uh, and in in business for that matter well you know matt to be honest with you, the first one that comes to mind is the absolute number one and it has to be the bible for me yes uh, it's a guy from no and business life and matt you know me i'm far from perfect it's a great compass to get me on the right path. And and I'm also an eschatology geek. And eschatology is the study of the end time prophecies. Uh, and okay. the current falling in line with predictions. So I'm closely watching all these things and I'm fascinated by it. And and that I mean it, in a nutshell, it's it's a book I read every day. And and again, I'm not perfect, so I need that compass in my life just to remind me of maybe what the high road is. Yep. What book in the Bible seems to be uh, one that resonates with you the most? Is there one? Um, is somewhere between uh, Ezekiel prophecies back to eschatology, or maybe Genesis, uh, the yeah. very formation, and of course Revelation as to where it's all going to go. Right. Uh, it, yeah. It. I mean, I can. Yeah, every time I read it. It has a, a, a new meaning, a, a more, you know, 
a more expanded meaning, I guess. So I'm kind of fascinated by it. And that's, that's my enjoyment. One of my enjoyment reading books. Yeah. I, I, I think another one that kind of comes to mind, now this is a whole different, you know, throw a whole different avenue at you, a whole different direction here. Um, business presentations. Um, it, the presentation secrets of Steve Jobs. Uh, I really okay. like that. Points and putting together presentations. And it applies in how you approach people, I think, in a lot of different ways. Um, he's got principles like don't overload people with things. Don't tell them we're going to go through 15 points or half of them are going to be out in the hallway on their cell phones. Uh, it's things like that that he talked about how to really be um, captivating and informative in your presentations. So even me talking about things like all the different topics we've covered here, to try and apply those rules to it, to make it palatable to people for whatever your beliefs are, whatever you're, you're trying to communicate to people. I, I think it's it, it's been really good. I mean, can you believe the hottest ticket in town was Steve Jobs' product rollouts? <laughs> we could only wish. <laughs> and even see what new things we were offering. So yeah. I think the basics presentations are fairly simple, and it gives you a mindset for a great audience experience. I'll have to read that book. Yeah, you, I saw that text you sent me, and uh, I'm going to put that up too in, in the in the show notes, uh, a link to the book, and um, and some of the things that you talked about with the Bible. I know for me, uh, we've talked about this too. We share we share the same faith, and for me, the Book of Proverbs has been really big. In fact, our one of my pastors from years ago said, if you study the Book of Proverbs and you know it, and you memorize it, and you know you get it. He said, you'll have more knowledge than any MBA graduate out there. And I have taken that. I've never forgot that. I've always remembered to read Proverbs and, and really apply it. It's not just read it, but apply it to every area of your life. And it, it is absolutely uh, um, an earth-shattering wisdom that comes out of there. Uh, in those, you know, in that, in those passages. So, is it fair to say when I think of Proverbs, I get a smile on my face always, and and I know <laughs> yeah. there's a learning with it, but to me, it's like dessert. You get all these nuggets of wisdom and insight and encouragement when you read it. It's just yep. a fun book. I, I, if maybe, I hope that maybe that's not the right way to say, it, but for me, it's just fun. I'm smiling the whole time because it's so down to earth makes so much sense and it really carries you with a lot of a uh, lot of good direction yes yeah very very true so much good direction there um so yeah so today we we talked about a lot you know we talked about uh you know some of the things you like to do outside of work with at the gun range with the family we talked about your origin story um, it, some of the experiences and, and what I really liked here too is, is we talked about what differentiates yourself between yourself and your competition, your, your service first and, and the competition with the other AMCs. And I'll tell you what, answering the phone and your personal touch. So I've heard, I've heard of a quote, I heard a quote a while ago and it's, if you can combine high, t high tech with high touch then 
you're going to really go somewhere in business. And, and, and that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're combining high technology with a high touch, something that most companies have missed. Everyone's got the technology. Everyone's got the fancy this and that and all the, and, and all the right verbiage and such, but ain't nothing happening until you answer your phone. Right. And so that's so refreshing to hear from you. My boss tells me I'm 1% of, of, of the process. And I think he, I think he hit the nail on the head because I feel that way. We can talk to clients and, and we can convince them that we know doing, do a good job and everything else. But until they place that order and start communicating with our, with our group, with our, our right. CSRs, with our operators, the 99% of what we do, how we really serve clients is definitely in our operations. And it's, and, and I'm, I'm glad to be that that one percent factor because I can do it and help it. But I really believe in the way this company is structured that it's the right way, and I love that uh, uh, high touch and high tech. That's a great quote, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm well. I'm trying to match you with some of the stuff that some of the gems you dropped here today, and and a couple more things I wanted to highlight that you've mentioned is one of the pieces of advice is taking the high road, and um, that's. We've heard it before. I mean, that's nothing. It's not a new statement, but that is uh, it's it's a value that I know you live by. And so that means everything. And the other thing you said was quality uh, stands out in all market conditions. And that's that's um, that's amazing. So uh, thank you for sharing that. So I know that we're going to see you coming up at the American Lending Conference National Private Lending event in February 28th and 29th in Fort Lauderdale, which by the way, you guys are sponsoring the conference and I want to thank you. And I, I really look forward to seeing you folks on stage as a, as a panelist and all the exciting things that we're doing there at the event. But, and so that's where people can physically find you that I know, but where can people find you? If let's say they, they want to start developing the process, developing the relationship with you guys, how can they find you Mark? I'll give you a couple ways, and and I'll also answer what you just said. But by we are really excited about the conference coming up. Uh, we're excited to meet. Thank you. New potential other people we do business with. Just folks in there. Uh, it, it's just it's a very warm atmosphere, uh, and it's conducive for people to communicate and find ways to help each other in business. Whether it's doing it together or referring them on to others, we're just totally excited and can't wait. Uh, right my, my email address is mcassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, at service, the number one, I-N-C, dot com. So it's mcassidy at service one, inc, dot com. And my direct line is 630-377-1904. And for those of you who are going to call Mark, yes, you get to talk to this amazing guy on the phone and not just... Uh an AI generated bot. So that's exciting. Yes. We don't have anybody <laughs> get through today. Yeah, that's great. Well, Mark, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. We got to do this again, man. We got to get you on a, on this podcast again and, and really appreciate all that you do for the uh, industry and all the best of success. I will be posting all these cool links and show notes and, and things like that online. So, and your contact information as well. So, uh, Mark Cassidy, 
thank you, my friend. And we will, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Man, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. And there you have it. The interview with Mark Cassio on episode number four. If you enjoyed that as much as I did, and by the way, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being part of this community. If you did enjoy it, please like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps us out a ton. Um, and also, if you're in private lending or if you want to get into the business, if you're a real estate investor, a broker, a service provider, we are having our national private lending conference coming up. It's called the American Lending Conference. That will be February 28th and 29th in Fort Lauderdale at the absolutely gorgeous Marriott Harbor Beach Resort. This is the event of the year. If you're in private lending, you got to go. So please visit AmericanLendingConference.com or hit us up on Instagram and, and wherever else and LinkedIn and everywhere else that you can find us. So thank you so much. Have yourself a great day.